On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a new year means it's time for my annual tradition of making a bunch of Tesla predictions for 2024. And I'll see how I did last year while I'm at it. Plus, a new report on Model Y's upcoming Project Juniper refresh, an update on FSD beta version 12, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you for one last time here in 2023, although I realize most of you will probably listen to this in 2024. But it is Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast, episode 439, officially releasing on December 31st, 2023. So first up, let me say Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you for joining me for yet another year of Tesla podcasting week after week of fun Tesla topics and discussion. Now, next week, on next week's podcast, we will have Tesla's Q4 production and delivery numbers, which thus means we'll also have their entire 2023 production and delivery numbers. Now, I am not expecting the Cybertruck to be included in those numbers for however many hundred, or maybe it's a four-figure number, maybe, that they've delivered in December. But as I like to say, I'd be happy to be wrong about that, and I would love to know how many trucks it was, so we'll see if that figure is included. I suspect not, but we'll find out on next week's podcast. And we'll also find out whether or not Tesla hit its big goal of delivering 1.8 million cars in calendar 2023. Before I get going with my annual tradition of making my Tesla New Year's predictions, I want to say that I hope all of you kindly backing me on Patreon at that ludicrous tier or higher, that $10 per month tier or higher, enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which was about my own personal Cybertruck saga, if you will. Saga might be too strong a word, but um, the, the gist of it is that uh, I basically figured out that the finances just aren't there for the Cybertruck, and I recorded that lightning round when it was all kind of raw for me. So I, I freely admit it might not be the best lightning round. Uh, you, you might not like it, but, you know, it kind I will say this. After I recorded that last night and then slept on it and woke up today, I did feel better about the whole thing. So you'll listen to it if you like, but if you're on Patreon with me at that $10 per month tier or higher, you can listen to that. And the other 76 episodes of, uh, of Lightning Round that live exclusively on Patreon. Don't forget as well that if you decide you want to back me on Patreon, A, thank you. But B, there is an annual pledge option as well. If you'd rather not do the monthly thing and you just want to pledge once to support me for the whole year, you can do that. Uh, and you get a 10% discount on that for doing uh, the, the annual option. Also, Patreon 
has a relatively new free seven-day trial specifically on that popular $10 per month tier. So if any of that is of interest to you, if you feel like, hey, you know what, Ryan? Yes, this whole year I've really enjoyed the podcast. I'd like to support you on Patreon. You can find out all the information and you can do a pledge at patreon.com slash Podcast with Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Okay, let's dive right in here. Um, you know, I will be completely honest with you. The This tradition that I've developed here of doing New Year's predictions for Tesla every year, it was born out of uh, a concern that I foresaw early in the podcast. I don't actually remember when I started this, whether it was that first year, maybe that second year, but I figured, well, that holiday week between Christmas and New Year's is probably going to be a pretty slow news week. So what can I do that would be fun on the podcast since I have made the commitment and continue to make the commitment that I want to have a podcast every single week? I never want to miss a week. I think it's important to show my commitment to you by doing that. And so that's where I came up with with this with this uh, segment, if you will of doing the New Year's predictions thing. And I will say this year, I do have two or three other stories to tell you about after my New Year's predictions, but it's it's kind of played out. I, I think I was I was right, at least I have been this year, because they're, they're definitely, this was probably the quietest Tesla Newsweek overall in a long, long time. You know, this has been a very busy year, more so than ever with Tesla. So um, I'm glad to have this in here. And hopefully you'll find it fun to listen to. I hope you enjoy these every year. I have fun thinking about them and writing this out. And now I shall present them to you. My New Year's predictions as it pertains to Tesla for 2024. So, uh, as you may recall from last year, I did away with the old format where I had, I did it as sexy cars, S3XYCARS, one prediction per vehicle, but I threw that out last year and I'm throwing it out again this year and probably forever, mostly because I don't want to box myself in having to make just one prediction for every car if I've got more to say about one of the cars. And I also just don't want to have to include the A in cars, meaning the ATV, the cyber quad, that I continue to think will never get made. And I, do, I also don't necessarily want to have to include the Tesla Semi that's already in limited production. So I'm just doing a number. I, I just kept going until uh, I didn't have any more good ones. I came up with 10. So here we go. Let's have some fun. As all of you know, I have studied this company very closely for over a decade now. So while I cannot promise that all of these will happen, in fact, we'll after I give you these, I'll go back and look how I, and see how I did last year, and we'll find out that it's kind of hard to predict what Tesla's going to do. But nevertheless, these are my most educated predictions based on that decade plus of spending time studying this company week in and week out. Prediction number one for 2024. I believe that the upcoming Model Y revamp, aka Project Juniper, will utilize Tesla's new 48-volt architecture that they're debuting in the Cybertruck 
and that they're now trying very hard to drag the rest of the automotive industry kicking and screaming into going so far as to, as you've already heard about, sending out an actual instruction manual for how to design a 48-volt car to the CEOs of all of the other major car companies. Why do I make this prediction? Well, there's one big reason, and that is Tesla has told us how much wiring this saves, including copper as part of that, and the Model Y is, as we all know, the highest volume vehicle that Tesla has, at least for the time being, until the Generation 3 car rolls around and ramps up. And so I think it just makes a ton of sense for those efficiencies that are delivered by the 48-volt architecture to be transferred over to the Model Y when it is given that refresh, that under-the-hood redesign. I say that even though the new Model 3, you know it as Project Highland, does not use the 48-volt architecture. And I think the reason for that is probably either because the timeline didn't match up, i.e. Highland had to be done when it got done, which was prior to the 48-volt system being ready to go for the Cybertruck, or because of costs. Could also be both. Perhaps the 48-volt system costs a bit more for now, so Tesla may have decided to get it going on the higher-priced Cybertruck where they can better absorb those costs with a higher MSRP on the vehicle. Again, at least in the early going. So that's prediction one regarding Model Y. I move now to the Model S and Model X for prediction two. I mentioned this on a recent episode, but I'm going to reiterate it again here as one of my formal 2024 Tesla predictions. I think it makes a ton of sense for the Model S and the Model X to also get the 48-volt architecture and specifically the steer-by-wire tech as well. I bring this up saying, knowing that the S and X are not crazy high-volume cars. So on th- in that sense, cost-wise, I don't think it would be an issue, whereas that would be more of an issue with the Model Y, as I was just talking about. And we know from what Elon has said in the past that the S and the X are supposed to lead the way on tech for Tesla, even if the Cybertruck is currently serving that role in the immediate present day right now. But I do think at some point in 2024, the S and the X will get an under-the-hood refresh that probably doesn't change the look of those cars, aside from maybe a little bit on the interior, where we know that Tesla is now moving to include the RGB accent lighting in the interior of its cars. The Highland 3 has it, the Cybertruck has it, and no doubt the Juniper Y will have it, as the mini-refreshed Y out of Shanghai already has it, and so it seems inevitable that the S and the X will get that fairly soon as well. So 48-volt architecture, mostly an under-the-hood mini-refresh, thus not changing the look of them, certainly on the outside. But that would upgrade them to the 48-volt and the steer-by-wire. 
those cars don't have the cost sensitivities, again, that, that 3 and Y have. So it would make the steering yoke option on S and X way more palatable and perhaps, dare I say, maybe even preferable if you've got that variable ratio steering on the yoke where you never have to take your hands off of it because it's only 170 degrees lock to lock as it is on the Cybertruck. It would also make those cars, at least in the long run, cheaper to manufacture because of the savings in the wiring, the savings in the copper, thus increasing the margins on SNX that we've seen Tesla seriously have to eat into in 2023 with all of the aggressive price cuts that have now placed the long range S at a starting price of $75,000, the long range X at the tax credit credit friendly price of $80,000, the Plaid S starting at 90K and the Plaid X at $100,000. All right, we're two predictions in. 20%, we've still got plenty more to go. Prediction number three for Tesla in 2024, I move back to the Model 3 Highland now. And I believe the first deliveries of the refreshed Model 3, the Highland Model 3, will happen by the end of January. Yes, I believe it will be that soon. Here are two reasons for that optimism. First, I have heard that test builds are happening in Fremont now. And that obviously is a good sign. In fact, uh, the other piece of it here, I will say, I don't have any inside knowledge on this, I'm just speculating, but it would also just make sense that Tesla would spend the holiday factory shutdown time at the end of the year retooling the Model 3 production line or lines, I guess it would be more accurate to say lines, plural, for the Highland, which remember is what they did for the new SNX going from 2020 into 2021. During that holiday shutdown, they were doing, they told us that they were retooling the lines for the upgrades on S and X. So it just makes a ton of sense for that history to set precedent, for that timing to conveniently work out. Uh, it's probably not a coincidence that the existing Model 3s have been getting inventory discounts here at the end of the year. I mean, yes, part of that is fueled by Tesla's need and desire to reach their 1.8 million vehicles delivered goal, that big goal that, that Wall Street is looking at for the year. But it also makes a ton of sense for them to be discounting those cars to clear them out as Highland becomes imminent. So that changeover, that prep for Highland may very well have just happened as you all hear this. You know, as you're hearing this on December 31st or that first week of January, that transition in the factory in Fremont may have indeed happened. Again, pure speculation on my part. I don't have insider knowledge. I'm not reporting anything, but it just makes a ton of sense. And I do think that we are going to get the first customer deliveries of Highland here in the United States by the end of January. And I'm going to stay on the topic of Highland for prediction number four. And I suppose this is the perfect time to lay out my predictions for the new Model 3 performance. We know it's coming. We've heard rumors about it. So here goes. 
I think that Tesla is gonna get the zero to 60 time with the one foot rollout subtracted, which is how they list it now on the Model 3 performance, when it's, it's 3.1 seconds now with the one foot rollout subtracted. I think for the Highland performance, Tesla gets it down to 2.9 seconds, zero to 60. Now Tesla has straight up told us that the Highland uses the same battery, same drivetrain as the outgoing classic Model 3, if you'll, if you'll allow me to call it the classic Model 3. I'm a proud owner of a classic Model 3 myself. So uh, anyway, the same battery, same drivetrain in Highland, all of the Highland's efficiency gains are from aero changes and just a, a thousand other things that Tesla does. It's, it's instead of death by a thousand cuts, it's life by its efficiency by a thousand cuts. So uh, all those efficiency gains coming from the aerodynamic improvements and particularly in the front of the car, but also all throughout, just all in all kinds of teeny tiny little ways that are going to add up uh, to allow for efficiency gains. And then on the, the motors, here's the thing. Tesla now, since what? They've got, at least on the Model 3 Performance, that car is five and a half years old. I have one of the very first Model 3 Performances off the line from, the, from July of 2018. So that car, they, they, the Model 3 Performance has been on the market for almost exactly five and a half years now. And the fact is Tesla has insane amounts of data on the Model 3 Performance's motors and what they can handle while still being reliable, still holding up over the long term. Whatever the data says, it's irrefutable that Tesla, you know, it's because they have tons of cars, millions upon millions of miles. And so that's where I expect Tesla is just going to comfortably dial those same motors that we've been told the same motors in the Highland. I think they're just going to dial them up a little bit more and shave two tenths off of it. Just up the horsepower a little bit to get us under three seconds down to 2.9 seconds. Now there have been rumors that I've talked about here on the podcast that the Highland 3 will borrow one motor from the Plaid S, which I believe the rumor was that it would be the front motor, which makes sense because the rear motor is the, is the two-motor pairing, the Plaid drivetrain. Anyway, possible front motor borrowed from the Plaid S. And if that proves true, then in my humble opinion, it makes it even more likely that we will see that 0-60 to 60 time duck under three seconds. I think the quarter mile time on the new Model 3 performance will see gains as well. It is currently about an 11.8 second car. I don't think the the Model 3 performance, the Highland version of it, is suddenly going to be a 10 second car. I mean, that'd be great, but I don't think that's necessarily a realistic prediction if, if indeed the battery and drivetrain are the same. But I do think low 11s is reasonable. After all, Motor Trend just got the regular dual motor Highland to do the quarter mile in 12.3. So that's not even the dialed up performance motors. That's just the regular long range dual motor Highland. They got it down the quarter mile in 12.3 seconds. So I can't wait to see the new 
Model 3 Highland Performance, and hopefully, some way, somehow, I'll get a chance to drive it as well. That will be super fun at some point in 2024. Prediction number five. I predict that the Foundation Series Cybertrucks will be the only ones made in the 2024 model year. Now, I say that because as the 4680 battery cell production continues to ramp up and the production line itself ramps up, Tesla's costs on this particular cutting-edge new vehicle, the Cybertruck, are going to remain high in the short term. We know that. That's his, History tells us that with Tesla. So it makes sense for Tesla to keep moving down the reservation list, which we now know to be confirmed by Franz von Holzhausen to be over 2 million people. 2 million reservations, anyway. And I think Tesla will keep moving down that reservation list throughout 2024, and I think they will let anybody and everybody on that reservation list that's willing to pay a premium to get their Cybertruck sooner to do so. And that premium is largely software, remember, in the form of FSD at $12,000, which, as I, as I talked about last week, that's largely gravy for them. There's no additional hardware needed in the trucks when you bundle FSD with them. It's all already built in. And so as such, I think any time in the future that you see a Cybertruck with the Foundation Series logo laser etched into the front fenders and the rear tailgate, you will know instantly that that's a 2024 model. And when you see one without it, you'll know that it's a 2025 model or newer, depending on how far in the future we end up here. Prediction six, I will stay on the Cybertruck as we head into the back half of these predictions for 2024. I will make a production and delivery prediction for Tesla, for Cybertruck specifically, pardon me, in 2024. And I'm going with 75,000. Now you might think this is low and maybe it will be. Hopefully it will be. But here's my thinking. Remember, Elon said that Tesla does not expect to get to full production until 2025. He had said it'd be about 18 months, which would put it around the spring of 2025, maybe to zero it in more specifically, maybe near the end of Q2, like a May-June kind of scenario. It seems like it's going to be slow going here for a while as Tesla figures out this very new, not yet easy to manufacture vehicle out from a production standpoint. But if Tesla does make at least produce and deliver at least 75,000 Cybertrucks for calendar 2024, or at least let's say model year 2024. Although I guess I'm, the prediction is calendar year. All right, we're going calendar year. 2024, calendar year, 75,000 Cybertrucks. If they do it, it would still be more than Rivian's entire R1T and R1S combined output of 52,000 for all of 2023. Although to clarify, Rivian is continuing to ramp up. They're doing great. I'm rooting for them. This, I'm not bringing them up with the intention of trying to tear them down next to Cybertruck. Just using them as a point of reference because they're one of, one of the only other EV pickup trucks. And to bring in the other EV pickup truck, 
75,000 would also match or beat the Ford F-150 Lightning's 2025 goal, excuse me, 2024 goal of 70 to 75,000 trucks for 2024. And obviously that number would handily beat the Hummer EV, which is not a high volume vehicle. It's not really fair to, to bring that up. In fact, if we're talking GM, a more realistic market comparison is gonna be with the Silverado EV, but I couldn't find any specific release date on that one just yet, though I did find on Chevy's own website, it does say retail availability expected in summer of 2024. So realistically, the Silverado's only gonna be in, in production, well, in general production for half the year. Anyway, Tesla, if they are able to make 75,000 Cybertrucks in 2024, should take the EV truck crown, at least in terms of units sold for the year, rather quickly, though, to be, to be again, I'm not tearing anybody down here, it will be great to see all of these EV pickup truck contenders on the market and see them all growing their production number year over year and see them all taking market share away from not each other, but from internal combustion engine pickup trucks. That is who they're going after. Not each other, they're going after the ICE trucks out there. Next, prediction number seven. I realized at the top of this segment, I said that I didn't want to be stuck having to make a Tesla semi prediction, but you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to make one anyway. So here we go. My prediction for the Tesla semi in 2024 is that it will go into full production no later than Q3 of 2024. Put another way, I think that other corporate customers besides PepsiCo will start getting their Tesla semi trucks by Q3. The reality here is that Tesla and PepsiCo have already, as of this recording, had an entire year of real world testing out in the field on the 100 or so Tesla semis that are out there right now. Now the 100 figure that I'm giving you here was given by Franz on the recent Jay Leno Tesla semi video. So that's coming straight from Tesla. So it seems like it's time to get moving on general volume production on the on the Tesla semi for other companies who are have been on the waiting list for 6 years now to start getting delivery of the trucks that they ordered all those years ago. Now Tesla I think has good reason to slow walk this whole thing as they've been doing. I think very good reason despite the fact that as we know, Tesla tends to move fast, but all that being said, I would imagine that 12 to 18 months of basically real world beta testing with PepsiCo is long enough. So there you go. I think by Q3, the Tesla Semi starts delivering to other corporate clients. Prediction number eight. Now, I, I, I hate this one. I'm going to preface it preface this by saying that I don't even like this, but I'm, I've, I'm got to be realistic here. And this is, this is how I feel. So this is going to be a prediction. 
I had lunch with a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a while this past week. He's a big Tesla guy as well. And we both arrived at what could be called a pretty pessimistic place about the one and only, sadly, and I literally mean one and only, next-gen Tesla Roadster. Now, the way that my friend put it to me, which I've been sitting with ever since he said it, and that's, that's part of the reason why I'm making this prediction, I can't disagree with him here. He said, in terms of when is the Roadster going to come out, he said, well, when is Tesla ever not going to be pushing towards some big new lofty goal? Meaning, what he meant by that is, when is Tesla ever going to have time to allocate resources for the new Roadster, which is a car that by Elon Musk's own definition, that again, I can't argue with, I don't think he's wrong, but Elon has said that the Roadster isn't just dessert for Tesla after they eat their meal, but it's the cherry on top of that dessert. Those are, those are Elon's own words that I'm paraphrasing here. And my friend and I both agreed that it's unlikely that we see the next-gen Roadster go into production for at least two more years. And yes, I acknowledge that I have been thinking and saying two more years for several years now. And I'm kind of exhausted by it. Now, I think, and, and again, my friend agreed, we both kind of arrived at, at, at the thinking that the Generation 3 so-called $25,000 car is clearly going to come before the next-gen Roadster does. And he even thought that retail production, meaning like actual selling them to customers, production on the Optimus robot might come before the next-gen Tesla Roadster goes into production. So, as such, my prediction here specifically, and I realize I'm not exactly going out on a limb with this one, is that we're not going to see or hear anything meaningful about the Roadster in 2024. I, I think it's, I think I've done what I can to be the torchbearer of optimism on the new Roadster. But I have to admit, and this, this lunch with my friend, by the way, my friend is also excited about the Roadster. So this isn't, this, this, we're both like really pumped for this car and what it's going to be capable of and how beautiful it looks, or at least how the 2017 prototype looked. But I, I have to say, the, my optimism about the arrival of the next-gen Roadster has been pretty well drummed out of me at this point. I am starting to just sigh and, and have to agreeably shrug my shoulders like, you know what? Yeah, probably. You're probably right. At the people out there who think it's never coming out. Now, I do think it's coming out at some point. I don't think it's never going to come out. Tesla is holding on to, for, for some th number of thousands of people, $50,000 of deposit money from those people. And from a, from a thousand people that have put their money down for the Founders Series next-gen Roadster, Tesla has been holding on to $250,000 of those people's money. So 
I'm not so pessimistic that I don't think the next-gen Roadster is ever going to get made, but I've I've lost my optimism that it's that it's coming anytime soon. I, I probably just will not, barring some concrete, awesome new update from Elon himself, I don't think I'm going to be able to start to get worked up about the Roadster again until the Generation 3 car has gone into production. Because at that point, when that happens, yes, there will be a production ramp, but that's a different challenge, right? That moves to become a manufacturing challenge rather than an engineering and a design challenge. So once the Generation 3 car goes into production, then I'm going to zero back in on the Roadster. And if if production doesn't start up, you know, if the if things don't get moving on the Roadster, then that's when you might want to come back to me and ask me if I have if I think it's ever coming out because then then my answer might turn into a no. All right. Real quick before I continue with the rest of my 2024 Tesla predictions, remind you about my friends at Accelerate Auto and their Xcare extended warranty coverage for your Tesla. Basically, you've heard the spiel, but to reiterate they not only will match Tesla's own two-year, 25,000-mile extended coverage plan, they'll do way more than that for you if you want. If you want to go more than two years, if you want to go more than 25,000 miles, they'll go up to 10 years and up to 125,000 miles of extended warranty coverage. They also offer battery and drivetrain coverage if you'd like that. As part of your policy, you don't have to, but you can. You can also just just get that that policy, the battery and drivetrain, and not the rest of the car. If if that is a is a better fit for you and and what you're you know wanting to to look out for down the road. So check them out, accelerateauto.com/xcare. Don't forget the discount code Lightning for one hundred dollars off of your policy purchase. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E discount code lightning. Prediction nine. Two more predictions. Let me get back to being optimistic and fun because that's what this podcast is, is meant to be. Optimistic and fun. We're here to celebrate this hobby, this interest that we all collectively share. Speaking of the Optimus Robot. I predict that Tesla will utilize the Optimus prototype robots in at least one factory in a meaningful way in 2024. Now, I'm not saying it'll be in huge numbers, and I'm not saying it'll do some super important job necessarily, and I'm also not saying it'll be in every factory, but if you saw Tesla's recent Optimus Gen 2 video on either social media or the Tesla YouTube channel, then you have seen how far it's come already, both in terms of fit and finish, like just the look of it looks a lot more production ready, but more importantly, the functionality and how far the functionality has come from the original prototype to the, to the first generation prototype to now the Generation 2 prototype. It has come a long, long way. The video that went up, if you haven't seen it, shows a number of different, you know, it's kind of a sizzle reel, but the highlight of it is an unedited sequence where 
to show off the upgraded finger, finger articulation, Optimus picks up an egg with one hand, with one set of fingers, picks it up and then transfers it to the other hand and then moves it over and, and sets it down, all obviously without breaking or cracking the egg. So it was a pretty impressive demo. And it's it's pretty cool. So I, again, it's it's the hand and fig, finger articulation. That is really, I, I, I can't play you an audio clip. You have to see it for yourself. So do check it out on either Tesla's YouTube or one of their social media channels. And the fact is, with how fast Tesla has progressed with Optimus, I just think that they're going to want to get it out in the field doing meaningful stuff. Again, not necessarily important jobs in the automotive factories, but meaningful work that they can learn and gather data from. And I think they're going to want to do that sooner rather than later. Maybe it will sweep the floors. Maybe it will lift some heavy parts from one place to another or you know, in, into a truck or something like that. I don't know what it's going to be, but I do think Optimus is going to be in the field at a Tesla, at, at least one Tesla factory sometime in 2024, though we're going to have to wait for Tesla to tell us about it if and when that does happen, because it'll be inside their four walls. The general public won't know unless Tesla decides to tell us about it. But I, I think if Tesla does do that, if they do employ the latest prototype of Optimus in one of their factories, that it is something that Tesla is going to want to shout proudly from the rooftops about, be it on an earnings call or at the annual shareholder meeting or somewhere else. My 10th and final prediction for you here for 2024, it is about that Generation 3 $25,000 car. And I use 25,000 in quotes because we don't know, of course, what the actual final price will be. But I don't think we're going to get a reveal of it in 2024. Now, that's not to say it's not coming soon because I think Tesla might be further along with that car than we think. We know that they're already thinking about it from a manufacturing perspective. And I'll bet you that the design is either done and locked or it's very far along. But here's the thing. The reason that I don't think we're going to get a reveal in 2024 is because Tesla really got burned by revealing the Cybertruck too early, even if that burning was only partially their own fault. And the other part of the blame comes from a black swan event for the global economy with the pandemic and the supply chain issues, etc., But they also kind of burned themselves in a, in a smaller sense than Cybertruck, but they burned themselves by revealing, not only revealing the Roadster too early, but revealing prices on it too early as well. So I think that Tesla is going to keep their cards very close to their chest on the Generation 3 car for as long as they possibly can. Because whenever Tesla does announce that car and pre-orders open, if you thought 2 million Cybertruck reservations was a lot, just wait to see how many re reservations happen on this car. And as a result, 
Tesla's gonna wanna fast follow the reveal of that car by getting it to market as quickly as possible. There, because this is a truly affordable, good EV. I mean, I'm, a, I'm assuming good, which I think is a, a reasonable assumption here based on Tesla's own track record. A truly affordable, good EV is gonna sell like hotcakes and Tesla knows it. Hence their three to five million annual production goals for the Gen 3 car. And they're just not gonna wanna risk Osborning the sales of the three and or the Y, even if those ultimately prove to be different cars, different market segment than the generation three car, that might not be clear at first. If, you know, when Tesla just announces this thing, it could possibly bring sales of three and Y to maybe not a grinding halt, but it could noticeably slow them down, which Tesla obviously is not gonna wanna have happen. So all of this to say, all of this is to say, pardon me, that Tesla is not gonna want a long lull between the reveal of the generation three car and the availability of it to the public. So I think 2025 is gonna be the year for that car and I don't think we're gonna get a reveal of it in 2024 for this very good reason. Well, there you go. Those are my 10 predictions for Tesla in 2024. Now, as always, I hold myself accountable. So let's spend a few minutes here. I'll go back and quickly review my eight predictions that I made for 2023. Prediction one, I said, I think the quad motor Cybertruck's base price is gonna be $95,000 without any options. We know the quad motor is going into production first. I'm not sure we'll see any dual motor reservations get made. And we can all point and laugh at me now. Not a single correct thing about that. Not the number of motors in the, in the top end version, not which one went into production first, not the price, none of it was correct. So uh, what are you gonna do, right? It's, all I can do is point at myself and laugh. Although I was at least pretty close on my pricing guess for the top end version. I was only $5,000 and one motor off, right? I, I was, was $5,000 too low and one motor too high. So zero points awarded to myself on that one. Prediction two from 2023, I said, I predict you will see Cybertrucks getting flipped for $150,000 or more on auction sites and private sales. There's going to be a massive desire to be the first one on the block to get one of these. It's gonna have a cool factor and a rarity to it for a while. And I think people with deep pockets are going to pay a serious premium for the opportunity. Well, I have to give myself zero points here as well. The fact is that Tesla cut this off themselves with the no resale clause. And while I suppose you could argue that people are paying a premium for the opportunity to be the first on the block by way of the foundation series, and you could also technically argue that one did get auctioned off for $400,000 at the Peterson Museum, I'm still gonna give myself a zero on that one. Prediction three from last year, I said, I think we're going to get Giga Canada and Giga Mexico announcements within 60 days of each other. 
Well, I'm gonna give myself half a point for this one. Giga Canada does not appear to be a thing, at least for the foreseeable future, but Giga Mexico definitely happened. Ground is about to be broken there now. That is, that is a real thing, so half a point. Okay, last year, my fourth prediction was, I think the Roadster slips into 2024, but I will optimistically say that I do think we'll hear something meaningful about it this year, whether that's a firm release window, a look at the final production version of the car, some details about what the final version of the car will be able to do, i.e. range, performance, etc., or something else. I said, I don't think we'll go through another year of radio silence on Tesla's supercar. Well, my optimism got the best of me on that one. There was exactly one comment from Elon about the Roadster at the annual shareholder meeting, and one from Franz in my last interview with him back in January. Neither were particularly material, though. So I'm going to give myself no points for this one. Now, if it sounds like I'm doing terribly, so far I am from 2023, but it gets better from here, I promise, in the, in the back half of these predictions. Prediction five from 2023 was... I said, I think the Model 3 revision will give a minor styling refresh, but not a full redesign. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take the full point on this one. It is a refresh. It's not a total redesign. The dimensions of the car are the same. The sides of the car are the same. Same doors, same door handles, same glass. Uh, The back is very close to the same, aside from the taillights. It is a fairly significant refresh, I'll allow, what with the new front end and the new interior being the two most new pieces of the Highland. But on the outside and just overall, it is still just that, a refresh, not a total redesign. Prediction six from last year was, I think hardware four goes into all five cars at the same time roughly around the time the Cybertruck goes into production. Well, simply put, this proved to not be accurate. Model S and X got hardware for first early in the year. Then it started to, tr- started to trickle into the Model Y. And then the Cybertruck got it when it went into production at the end of 2023. Model 3 presumably gets it when the Highland arrives on our shores, which as I have predicted for 2024, will be sometime in the next 30 days. No points for me on that one. Prediction seven from last year, I said, I'm going to make a somewhat pessimistic prediction that FSD beta will remain in beta until at least the end of 2023. So while I definitely think there will be progress made on the FSD beta, I don't think it's going to be quite ready to move out of open beta in 2023. I'm going to take the point on that one. It is still very much a beta. And even though I believe, if I'm remembering correctly here, anybody that pays for FSD now can turn it on in their cars. You don't have to jump through any hoops to get it anymore. There's no safety score, none of that stuff. It is still definitely an open beta. 
And my final prediction from last year was, I think we will get a new paint color for the non-stainless steel fleet in 2023 here in North America. Well, we finish on a high note with a full point on that one. Heck, you could argue that I should get two points on that since we actually got two new paint colors this year. But you know what? We'll call it one point, full point, but just one since the entire fleet did not get ultra red and stealth gray. Only half of the fleet, the the S and the X, got those two new paint colors. So in total for 2023, I scored three and a half out of eight points. Not awful, but let's be honest, not great either. And I think the lesson here, as it is the lesson every year, Tesla is a really difficult company to predict even when you study them closely, as I do. But on the plus side, I think that makes for a really fun podcast not only to make every single week for me, because you never quite know what's going to happen, it hopefully also makes for an equally fun podcast to listen to week in and week out for all of you. Ah, before I forget, I tied this week's Patreon poll in with my own predictions from this week, so here's what you had to say. The poll question was this. Which new Tesla do you think we're more likely to see unveiled in 2024? So not released, but either revealed or re-revealed. Lots of votes on this one. 220 votes, thanks to everybody that stopped by patreon.com slash Podcast to vote this week. A reminder, you do not need to be backing me on Patreon to vote in the polls. Those are open to everyone every week. 65%, basically two-thirds of you, voted for the Generation 3 $25,000 car that you think that is going to be more likely to be revealed in 2024. 25% of you voted nothing, no reveals in 2024. 8% of you, and I love love this 8%, if you're in this 8%, thank you. I love your optimism. 8% of you voted for the next-gen Roadster being the most likely to be, in this case, re-revealed in 2024. And then 2% of you voted a different vehicle, which I then asked you to specify in the comments below. And uh, a number of you very smartly uh, said the Juniper, Project Juniper, the Model Y. And and I should add, I guess uh, just to cover my own backside a little bit here, I put this poll up before the Juniper story that I'm about to read to you went out. So (laughs) the the poll preceded the next news story that I'm about to do. So here goes. New reports, a new report specifically, not multiple, a new report says that Giga Shanghai could begin production of an upgraded Model Y by mid-2024. Bloomberg had it first, but it is paywalled over there, so I will read you part of Drive Tesla Canada's summary. Tip of the cap to both, though. According to a report from Bloomberg, citing people with knowledge of the plans, Tesla is planning to begin upgrading the factory to accommodate the new design during the annual shutdown 
over the New Year holiday. The insiders say that Tesla will continue to upgrade the factory over the coming months and that production on the new Model Y at Giga Shanghai could begin as soon as mid-2024. So this, of course, just to clarify, this is Project Juniper, and that piece of it isn't new, right? We all knew that a refreshed Model Y was coming. Uh, We learned about it about the same time, if not at the same time, that we learned about the Highland. But what is a bit new, or at the very least, is the latest updated insider info, if Bloomberg's sources are correct, is the timeline. As early as mid-2024, though I admit that the as early as keeps that a bit vague, but still, it is updated info to go off of. Now, remember that when the Highland reports were first hitting, which I believe was right at about this time last year, the end of 2022, mid-2023 was the timeline given then as well for Highland. And as it actually played out in reality, The Highland was officially unveiled and launched at the end of Q3, not the end of Q2, with the first deliveries happening in early October, which is technically Q4. So time will tell if that same pattern is what happens here with the Juniper Model Y. I mean, it could depend on any million number of things, right? Could be parts availability if... if any part or parts are lagging behind, then the the redesign can't launch. I mean, who knows? There there are a lot of different things that could happen, but we now have it via, you know, insider reporting that as early as mid-2024 could be when we see the Juniper. I'm really curious how Tesla's going to handle the factory upgrades for Model Y across four factories, Highland only, and I realize only is is not treating that with the gravity that it deserves, but by comparison, Highland only had to be done across two factories, and in fact, we still haven't seen that full changeover yet across both factories. But the logistical challenge obviously doubles when you have to account for Berlin and Texas, as well as Shanghai and Fremont. Here's one other thing, by the way, that might be fun to keep in the back of your mind. Just a, just a little food for thought here. Don't bank on this, but I'm just saying, keep, keep it in mind. If Tesla anticipates another slow Q3 due to the Model Y production being down, either like, you know, down, down, or just slowed down with the changeover to the Juniper, then maybe... Just maybe Tesla will bring back FSD transfer and or free lifetime supercharging transfer as a demand lever for Q3. If they've got to try and cover their backsides by goosing some extra demand in Q3, if their big seller, their top seller, the Model Y, is going to be slow that quarter, then it is possible, or I guess maybe I could phrase it this way. That is probably the most, that is the highest chance that we'll have of FSD transfer coming back again, would probably be whatever quarter that the Juniper changeover happens. 
I recognize it's probably a 50-50 coin flips chance at best, but I do think it is a legitimate possibility since, well, it happened this year. We saw it happen. So keep that in mind as 2024 progresses and the Model Y refresh approaches. Finally this week, FSD Beta version 12 is inching closer to our cars. I saw this on Tesla Roddy who writes, Tesla has officially started rolling out its highly anticipated full self-driving beta version 12 to a wider audience after the system first began going out to a limited number of employees last month. The software tracking aficionados at Teslascope, who I have cited on this podcast before, tweeted, We can confirm that full self-driving beta version 12.1 has now rolled out to wave one, which includes 15,000 plus personally owned Tesla employee vehicles. It's happening, end quote. The news has many wondering if the software will be deployed beyond employees in the near future, with some predicting, writes Teslarati, that Tesla could offer FSD beta version 12 to the public as soon as mid-January. Just last week, Teslascope shared a screenshot from Tesla employees depicting the release notes for FSD beta version 12.1. The release notes appear to show just a single paragraph detailing the change, which Teslascope expects will be added to before its public release to non-employees. The account has also noted that those involved in the first wave of the rollout could include between 16,500 and 20,000 vehicles total, and that all of those in the initial wave are subject to strict non-disclosure agreements at the risk of termination or removal from the FSD beta program. FSD beta version 12 transitions the auto steer on city street system to a single stack end-to-end neural network that is trained on millions of video clips, eliminating the need for over 300,000 lines of human-written C++ code. Well, theoretically, this could be the last major step, major step, needed before FSD evolves to the next level, and that being the full, wide release that I talked about in my prediction from last year. It will no doubt need refinement, although judging by the fact that this wider group of Tesla employees is getting version 12.1, perhaps then the version that does make its way to us paying customers is going to be a fairly refined version, which kind of like how version 11 was. That was what? That was either 11.1 or 11.2 by the time it got to all of us. And if you'll remember, I certainly do. It was pretty surprisingly refined when it, when it did get to us. Anyway, hopefully this major step is going to bring with it a clear path to at least level three autonomy where we're not able, or excuse me, where we're able to not have to pay attention anymore on highways, or at least not have our hands on the wheel. I think that's, you still have to have your eyes on the, on the road, just not your hands on the wheel. Now, and then level four, bigger goal, probably a little further down the road, but we shall see. I mean, because I don't know about your experience, but in my experience, I use, I use FSD beta on, on the freeway, on the highway a lot. And it's, 
it's pretty rock solid on on the freeway. The logic isn't always quite what I'd want. I'll give you an example. Like if I need to get over to start making my way to an off ramp, you know, the next exit, there are times where I'm going faster than the car in the, in the next lane to the right. And the car will choose just because it's hit that it's if you've, I don't know if you've noticed this, I've noticed this when it hits half a mile to go to the exit, that's when it wants to get over to its last, you know, the the actual lane it needs to be in. It'll start coming over before that. Usually at at the one mile mark at 1.0 miles, it'll start going. But anyway, 0.5 is when it wants to move over to its, its last lane that it needs to be in. But I oftentimes, it will just make that determination based purely on that distance, that that half mile checkpoint, rather than looking at that vehicle in the next lane over, which might be going slower than me. And instead of just taking, you know, staying at the same cruising speed and then moving over after passing that vehicle, it will slow down and move over behind that slower moving vehicle, which I, I, I really don't like that it sometimes slows down to change lanes. I don't, I don't know if that's, I'm sure it's legal, right? I'm because FSD is purposely programmed to not do illegal things. I, but I just think it's, it's, even if it's not a legality thing, it's just, it's kind of poor etiquette in my opinion. Like don't slow down unless you absolutely have to, right? But just for, for a general matter of practice, like don't slow down to move over. Just, you know, you need to you move over as smoothly as you can. And the car doesn't always do that. Anyway, looking forward to getting my hands on uh, on version 12. And, and like I said, it's, I feel like that kind of subjective, that is a subjective nitpick. So that sort of subjective criticism aside, I do feel like that, that on the freeway, the FSD stack is pretty, pretty ready for level three. I like, I think we're pretty ready to not have our hands on the wheel and just have our eyes on the road. So anyway, we shall see if the community estimates of mid January for all of us getting 12.1 or later in our cars holds true. History suggests just to set expectations. Realistically, history suggests that it will take longer than what anybody inside or outside Tesla initially thinks, but that's okay. That is totally okay because it is a long path that's being forged here and you just can't skip any steps and you can't rush through any steps. I can't wait to try it out, see how it feels, but it, it could just saying it could be a little while. We shall see. All right. That is the end of, my goodness, I've been talking for an hour straight already. So, uh, that was that was a lot of podcast. I will get to the Ride the Lightning hotline on next week's show. I want to be respectful of your time here and not have this turn into a, a two-hour podcast. So, it is at this point that I will remind you that if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, you can call in anytime. time using one of two easy methods. Either 
Use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software. Record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many calls each week as possible. And then email that file to me at my podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number that you can dial anytime, day or night, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Stick with me. There's some more Ride the Lightning ready to be served up to you after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. As for what's going on in my Tesla world, well, I sort of alluded to it near the top of the podcast when I told you about the lightning round this week. I, uh, yeah, the Cybertruck, my journey with the Cybertruck is, uh, is not going to be moving forward for now. I, I, so close yet so far, it's, it's, it's all explained in there. And again, I'm not looking for any pity or sympathy, but yeah, the, the numbers just didn't add up. And I go into all the details, uh, in that, in that lightning round. But so I, I've kind of, I've got a little bit of the Cybertruck blues right now. But, you know, I'll get I'll get through it. It'll be OK. I, unless hey, unless there's some uh, I, maybe maybe there could be a a foundation series tier of the of the Patreon for some some uh, billion. Are there any billionaire listeners out there that might want to just <laughs> scrape the the hundred K uh, from their couch cushions and send it my way for a cyber truck? Oh, my goodness. No, it's all right. Although on a more serious note. If you're a tax professional by chance, can I by chance ask you a Cybertruck question if, uh, if you email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com? I wanted to ask you about, about the Cybertruck as a business deduction. So if that's something you might will, be willing to trade an email or two with me about, you can email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. An entertainment recommendation for this week, I'm going to recommend it to you because I found it completely by accident last night when I was looking for something to watch before bed, I opened up Paramount, the Paramount Plus app because I haven't done that in a while. I'm like, oh, I haven't opened this app in a while. Let's see what's doing here. So I happened to see a brand new South Park special, a 45-minute episode called South Park Not Suitable for Children. I hadn't seen it advertised, hadn't heard about it. So it's not, as the name suggests, it is definitely South Park is not a family-friendly situation. But for, for the adults in the family, uh, if you like South Park, check that out. Because maybe like me, you hadn't even heard about it. So South Park, not suitable for children, which is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. How about a pro tip of the week? It comes from Daniel in Oklahoma City. Hey, Ryan, this is Daniel from Oklahoma City. Hey, I was just calling to give, I guess, a pro tip uh, for anyone who's in an apartment or a temporary housing situation like myself in between houses as you're waiting for your house to finish, whatever. I highly recommend there are 120 volt chargers 
that can give you up to 15 amps to the car. And I have to say this has been a huge difference for me. Just just counting nighttime hours only, I'm getting an extra 100 miles of charge per week just with that extra 3 amps of 15 amps over 12 amps. I hope this is helpful to some other people. Of course, I recommend trying to get a 240-volt charger wherever possible installed inside your house, but if you're in a temporary situation like I am or similar, those 15 amp 120 volt chargers really do make a big difference. I don't ever go to the supercharger anymore. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I appreciate that suggestion, Daniel. For folks in apartments or townhouses, I would also suggest looking up orange chargers. That's a company started by a former Tesla engineer. In fact, I interviewed that founder, that engineer, back on episode 365 of this podcast. Could be worth checking them out and then maybe trying to put your building management in touch with them as well. But as far as taking matters into your own hands, this is a great tip. Thanks again, Daniel. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, you can send that in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls, which I gave you the instructions for a little earlier in the podcast. Before I scoot out of here for the final time in 2023 and rejoin you in 2024, I want to mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can hopefully be of use to you sooner or later. First up is abstractocean.com. They've got a million different awesome Tesla aftermarket accessories from tempered glass screen protectors custom fit for the cars to rear footwell lighting kits to drop in cup holder stabilizers to just all sorts of stuff. You got to check it for yourself. See what they've got. Click on whichever car you own at the top of the page. It will filter and show you all of the stuff available for your car. Pile everything you like into your online shopping cart. And then when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. That coupon code again is RTL Podcast, all one word, no spaces at abstractocean.com. Everyamp.com slash RTL is your one-stop shop for the snap plate. Those folks make the awesome snap plate front license plate bracket. There's the regular snap plate and then the stronger snap plate plus available for SX3 and Y. Check them out, everyamp.com slash RTL, coupon code on that as well. And that coupon code is simply RTL. This is a nice minimalist front license plate bracket for those of you that either want or legally need to have a front license plate on your car. I definitely recommend this over the one that Tesla gives you with your car because the Tesla one is gonna stick on via automotive tape, automotive adhesive, at least with the with the three and with the Y. So use the snap plate or stronger snap plate plus instead. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL, coupon code RTL. Budgetsafesolar.com, keep them on your short list if you're considering solar for your home or business. They did a nice job on my installation. I'm very happy. They now also, I was lucky enough that I already had a power wall and I added their solar to it, but uh, they now offer the home battery storage, including Tesla power walls. 
as part of their solar installation. So take a look, budgetsafesolar.com. If you do proceed with an installation, use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections, find them at irdetailing.com, a fantastic detailer here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, and they can do all sorts of beautiful things to your car, whether it's paint correction, paint protection film on some or all of it, ceramic coating on the whole car so that you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years, because that's what ceramic coating is. It's like a next generation version of car wax. So check it out at irdetailing.com if you're in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. And when you reach out and get in touch with them through the website, don't forget to mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there will be a nice little discount waiting for you for any work that you do book with them. PureTesla.com slash RTL. That's the, the uh, one-stop shop to go for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. They use a micro SD based solution, which is better for the long-term constant reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode do. So check them out, puretesla.com slash RTL. It is $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit, $69 if you'd prefer the 256 gigabyte kit. Either way, it comes fully formatted for the Tesla cam and it's plug and play straight out of the package and into your car, works with Mac or PC when you wanna go back and review the footage and they will ship anywhere worldwide, but if you're in the US, it's free shipping. So that's a nice little nice little bonus there. Again, the website, puretesla.com slash RTL. Finally, uh, if you're not already subscribing to the podcast on one of the major podcast services. Subscribing means you're just signing up to get it automatically delivered to you. It doesn't cost anything. I recommend you do that on, again, whichever major podcast service you like, whether that's Apple Podcasts, which blissfully is now, as of the holiday update, natively available in your Tesla. It makes Ride the Lightning a lot easier to to, uh, find and listen to right in your Tesla. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and then I'm on YouTube Podcasts as well. If you do want to find me on YouTube, search Ride the Lightning Tesla, and you should find me pretty easily. Uh, Finally, my Patreon. Again, this is a listener-supported podcast. It's free every week. It's The support comes from your generosity. If, uh, If at some point, sooner or later, maybe this is the week, start of a new year, you've been listening for a while, Uh, maybe you'd like to pledge your support to my efforts here at Ride the Lightning. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. There are many different support tiers, or at least several different support tiers. The base tier, just five bucks a month. And if uh, if you're willing and able to do that, that'll not only you'll be supporting the podcast, so thank you, but in return, I offer you early access to each week's podcast as a thank you for that. If you can step up to that $10 per month tier, then that will get you not just the early access each week, but also those weekly lightning round bonus mini episodes that I do exclusively on Patreon. Again, there are 77 of those now. So all the information and including signing up, check it out, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. 
Finally, if you need a referral link, hopefully you've got a friend, family member, or coworker whose code you can use, but if you just wanna get those perks, that six months of free unlimited supercharging with the purchase of a new car, you can use my referral link if you need one. To use mine, just type in, in a web browser, type in ts.la slash Ryan73014. From the landing page, select which Tesla you'd like, configure your car, place the order, and then the perks and bonuses will be baked right into it. So those six free months of unlimited supercharging. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter slash X or Instagram or both. I have the same username on, on either one. And that username is DMC underscore Ryan. You can always email me anytime. My podcast email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And finally, before I go, I want to say hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space to your backers. I will start with the Roadster in Space crew this time out. Uh, big thank you to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from Near Philly, and Kristen Rumble. Next up, the Maximum Plaid backers. And by the way, I should note that next, this coming Saturday, I got to send out the invites this weekend, we're going to be doing our first monthly Patreon Zoom hangout of 2024. So as a reminder, the Maximum Plaid tier and higher gets invited to them every month, but Anybody that makes a new pledge or upgrades their pledge gets a one-time thank you invitation to whatever the next Patreon monthly Zoom hangout is. So looking forward to this next one here coming up, and hopefully I'll see and hear from a lot of these folks that I'm about to mention. The Maximum Plaid backers, they are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, contactonecallcenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalen, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. And finally, the grandfathered in plaid level supporters, big thanks to these very generous folks who continue to back me at that plaid tier. They are George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla Owners Club of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, 
Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Huge thanks to all of you at any of the Patreon tiers for being kind enough to support my efforts here week in and week out with Ride the Lightning. Uh, I Another 52 for 52 year for me in 2023, uh, and I hope to be blessed with continued good health to be able to do that again for you in 2024. I am very much looking forward to this year, even if it's not necessarily going to be the Roadster year, as I was saying earlier, we've still got uh, a lot of Cybertruck deliveries to do for a lot of you. I can't wait to hear from so many of you that are going to be getting your Cybertrucks, and I can't wait to hear how excited you are and, and how much fun you're going to have. But Cybertruck and, and the uh, Highland Model 3 here in the U.S., maybe the you know Juniper Model Y probably won't come out, at least not here in the U.S. in 2024, but... We will hopefully get to see it and learn about it at some point this year. There is going to be a lot. It is going to be another fun year of, of Tesla news week in, week out. So stick with me. I'm here for you every single week. Thank you so much for your time and attention. And with that, I wish you happy electric motoring, happy new year, and I will see you back here same time, same day next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.